a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, if you missed the first hour of the program today, never fear. You have two options. We always have the podcast. You can go to KSL Podcast, check out Inside Sources there. You can get each of the segments of the show every day. And we're also going to give you just a a little bit of a treat. Uh, Last hour, we had Representative Chip Roy from the state of Texas on the show. And, of course, Chip Roy has been uh, in the news a lot over the course of the past week as it related to the battle in the House of Representatives and the ultimate election of Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. And I wanted to go back to my conversation with Representative Roy from last hour and just give you a couple little snippets, uh, kind of a feel and flavor for what we talked about and why we often miss the real issues it's so easy to to focus on the drama of it all. Uh, and guess what? A lot of people benefit from distracting us by the shiny object of the drama. And we have to get back to focusing on what's the substance and where does that take us? Uh, it was really interesting. During the course of the battle last week, and it was a battle, no doubt about it, uh, The Hill actually referred to Representative Roy as the honest broker the good faith negotiator uh, who sees the moment uh, not to have some big philosophical debate, but to actually do things that would change how the house functions from a way that it has not functioned in a very, very long time. So in my conversation with representative Roy, uh, he gave us a summary of some of the changes that he wanted made to the rules in the house. This goes back to last summer in July when a group of us got together and said, what do we need to do to transform the House of Representatives to work for the American people again? You know and I know how this place is fundamentally broken. We set out to try to make sure that bills would be readable, that you could have 72 full hours to read them, that the bills should be closer to single subject, that bills should be able to have germane amendments, not random amendments that have nothing to do with the underlying subject, that we should be able to ensure that we're able to go after certain spending and agencies, which was a former power of the House, that had been taken away, something called the Holman Rule. These were things that we wanted to change to make this place work right. So I think a couple important things there. One, uh, they started this conversation last summer. So despite all of the hoopla on the Internet and on social media, this was not thrown out at the last second. The conversation about this began last summer. And I don't think those are too radical of things to ask for. 72 hours to read the bill, especially if you're getting a 3,000-page bill. I think 72 hours uh, is still pretty short, uh, but a little more acceptable than 15 minutes. Single-subject bills. uh, Those are all things that are important that will make the House function better. 
Representative Roy went on to to frame for us, as we uh, chatted with him last hour, uh, the conflict that happened on the floor in order to produce some of these changes. And he actually went back historically and say, look, you know, this isn't the first time we've had some battles on the floor of the House of Representatives. It took time. It took a fight because this town doesn't like to be pushed upon. You saw that in very raw display last week on the floor of the House when certain members uh, had a little conflict. But you know what? This is not new, right? Jefferson and Adams famously sparred. I mean, look, Adams and, uh, I'm sorry, Hamilton and Burr duel, right? I mean, so (laughs) we've had conflict before. Um, It's okay. We need to have a little temporary conflict in order to get our party forward. Uh, And so that's an important thing, too, to say, you know, taking the next couple of days is not a big deal, especially for a Congress that regularly postpones its job until the last minute. So losing a couple of days to the front end, I don't think that's all that big a deal. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Representative Roy gave us a specific example of an issue that should be put to debate on the House floor and then decided upon. It's just a good example, Ukraine funding. You have a fully what you call open rule, right, where anybody can offer amendments for any subject for any length of time. Well, then you can end up in endless circles and you can end up with things getting co-opted. But that's part of the thing about tightening the rules down on germaneness and single subject. Let's put something on the floor. Let's debate it. Let me give you an example. Ukraine funding. We have a divide or a difference of opinion in our party about how we should handle Ukraine. But part of that is because we've never had a full and open airing of the issue on the floor. Mm. What is our national security interest? How long are we going to be there? How do we pay for it? What are the limits to our involvement? What are the, uh, in, you know, what are the good things about our involvement? That's all stuff that we need to debate. I think that's really important. So as we look at Ukraine, we say, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do that. And we should debate that in public in front of the American people. And we should show where the accountability points are built into the system. Uh, so there isn't any waste, fraud, or abuse. And not necessarily from the people of Ukraine. Often that happens in our own country with the way some of those contracts are awarded, some of those, uh, some of the ways that funding flows. And so that's, that's an important part of the process. So, yeah, let's do it on the floor. Let's do it in front of the American people. Uh, finally, when I asked Representative Roy, again, uh, we did this last hour, it was great to have him on the program. I, I asked him, okay, we know, we know what you're against. We know what the battle has been against. What's the, the positive vision for the country? Uh, after this uh, fight for the speakership is over now, uh, now it's time to move forward and govern, govern. What does that look like? Well, here's what I believe we need to do for the American people and for our country, right? I believe that we need to ensure that we stop spending money that we don't have, racking up debt, funding the very bureaucracy and tyrants that are undermining our liberties. And speaking of liberties, we need to stop the weaponization of government against the American people that is undermining their civil liberties and undermining their freedom. We need to focus our federal government on the things it's supposed to focus on, a strong national security with a strong defense, a strong military. And finally, we need to have radical federalism in which we are agreeing to disagree, 
push most of the decisions back to Utah, to Texas, and to all the states of the union, and get the federal government out of the business of basically ticking us all off and making each other at each other's throats. Radical federalism, uh, this idea of pushing it back to the states, that these laboratory of democracies are, are better served and better situated to serve the needs of the people than a very distant Washington, D.C. solution uh, that has to be very broad, very cookie-cutter, rather than the tailoring that can take place at the state and the local level. Uh, So a fascinating conversation uh, with Representative Roy. And I want to finish uh, this uh, little recap of our conversation with one of the things that I just want all of you to bookmark in your brain. And that is this whole idea of the debt ceiling. So the debt ceiling, just like you have on your credit card, uh, it's for stuff you've already spent, so you can't just ignore it. You already spent the money. You have to pay it. Uh, but when you hit that debt ceiling, then you gotta you got to raise it if you're going to keep spending. Now, how much we should keep spending, that's a debate we'll get to for another day. But we should never raise the debt ceiling without making fundamental change to the things that got us that far into debt in the first place. And so what I want you to bookmark in your brain is it's January. We know that somewhere in the summer, we're going to bump up against that debt ceiling based on what we spend. And so the debate about raising it and what we should do to change how we function should begin today. And it should happen every single day from now till summer. But I'm telling you what is most likely to happen is we will hear very little about the debt ceiling until summer. And then Armageddon will be upon us. It will be a last-minute deal like we see over and over again. So I'm just asking you to bookmark in your brain the debt ceiling fight. It should not be a last-second, all-or-nothing, Armageddon's going to happen if we don't do this tonight. No, it should start today and tomorrow and every day from now till summer until we get it and we get it done right, that's what we elected our representatives to do. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, some important milestones have been made. We'll tell you what they are, who they are, and why they matter coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.